0: 14 minutes it is, uh, 14 minutes it is after 8pm, you tuned in to Metro FM talk here on the mighty Metro. Chinese based uh, or Chinese, yeah, I, I can't call them a Chinese based one because I mean, you know, they're available in 17 countries on five continents. But uh, Didi Xuxing, otherwise known as DD, finally launching uh, in Gauteng. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, also following some launches out in Gadega and in Cape Town earlier on this year. Founded in 2012, it's a Chinese ride-hailing a vehicle-for-hire company, uh, headquartered out in Beijing uh, with over 600 million users and tens of millions of drivers. And uh, uh, we speak to the head of PR and comms for the sub-Saharan African market, and that is uh, Karina Smith-Allen. Karina, good evening and welcome.
1: Hi, I am and listeners.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, man. Karina, let's maybe start off, uh, and uh, we've uh, you know spoken, I guess, on this platform about DD um, in uh, some of our business wraps, uh, and uh, of course some of the uh, massive expansion and investment plans in different markets. Uh, so always interesting, I guess, to do it here back home, but in a sector where you know you don't come in as the first movers. Uh, there's already the presence of some of the incumbents in the space. What is Didi bringing that is going to be fundamentally different from the other two incumbents? Uh, uh, I don't know. Are they three?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. A uh, lot of competition in the market. We are the biggest mobility app in the world, uh, something I think we are proud of. But we are super excited to launch in South Africa. And, you know, competition is good. So whether there are three, five, or ten competitors out there, competition is always good. Um, We believe that we provide cutting-edge, safe digital platform, and we hope uh, to enable riders to really connect with drivers in a safe way and get them to where they need to go.
0: And then, Karina, I mean, I guess the, the, the other story that might be helpful, just before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, just the background of DD, um, and of course, its uh, uh, operations out in China. I mean, we, we've heard quite a bit in the last while of uh, the crackdown on tech businesses. I mean, if you read the Western media, uh, really, I guess talking that one up, and uh, you know, some of the other issues of uh, you know the uh, Chinese Communist Party's approach to big tech in China. Uh, talk to us about DD, its background, and I guess whether or not you know it would uh, you know I guess uh, fall into this category of tech businesses that are coming under much more scrutiny from Beijing. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, we know it's, yes, on the one hand about the riders, but uh, upstream, uh, you know, you also go into a country that is also interested in questions of redistribution, equity, and all of that. What are you coming with into the space? I mean, aside from your foray now into three cities, you know, Cape Town, uh, the Gauteng City region, and Kabecha, um, the benefits for your drivers, uh, owner drivers, um, you know, what will all of this mean for them?
1: Yeah, you know, we, <laughs> of course, the competition is out there and it's good. We do uh, offer an 18% take rate to our uh, drivers mm. and that is way below um, some of our competitor rates and, and something that we're really proud of. Mm. We're also uh, offering them obviously performance bonuses. And uh, I, I think, you know, the fact that the app has got so many safety features alone uh, should give a driver that peace of mind when he is actually part of the brand that, we, that we're we providing him those safety net. Uh, you know, that he can operate and from. And the
0: safety for the consumer? I mean, we've heard some horrific stories.
1: Uh, excuse me, the question no, wasn't
0: saying, here. So So you're raising the issue of safety, I guess, for the drivers and the features there. We've heard horrific stories in the ride-hailing business, not necessarily yours, uh, of um, you know, particular female drivers, uh, certainly your female customers not feeling safe, um, and some horrific incidences as well. Um, on the safety side of things, I mean, anything for your consumers? Yeah, the, we're
1: launching with 14 safety features on the app. Uh, Quite uh, an incredible achievement, I think. And really inviting consumers to download the app and test it. Mm. You know, some of the safety features that uh, we proud ourselves with is facial recognition um, and uh, the fact that you can share your trip with contacts, um, hotline, preview trip destination for drivers and riders, and, um, of course, in-trip recording which is very essential. You know, we all know that we do have our safety challenges in the country. Mm. And with our global team continuously sitting and innovating to see what is it that we need to, to improve on safety, I believe that we are bringing some of the world's best technology to South Africa.
0: I want us to pause here for a second uh, uh, while we take a quick spot break. And when we come back, uh, let's talk uh, some labor matters, uh, certainly some advances in South African jurisprudence as it relates to your sector. I want to hear, I guess, uh, how you're going to be uh, confronting some of the issues uh, brought about by being a platform that also implicitly, I guess, you know, uh, has some employment relationship with many of those uh, who benefit uh, from your platform. We'll continue after this. 21 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We talk about Didi this evening. And uh, yeah, this is uh, Didi Shuxing and uh, the uh, Chinese ride-hailing platform, uh, which has expanded its operations here in South Africa, now making a foray into the Gauteng City region. And uh, we take a look at, uh, I guess, uh, some of the issues they'll confront. Karina Smith-Allen is the head of PR and communications uh, for the uh, sub-Saharan African market. Karina, you'd be familiar uh, with, um, I guess, some of the issues from a labor perspective, price determination, um, you know, uneven or asymmetrical power relationships between platforms and some of the people who work and the sharing of risk. How are, How is Didi approaching this issue? Uh, do you recognize, one, that there's an employment relationship? And I guess implied by that in South African legislation, there's a certain expectation Beyond just performance bonuses uh, in terms of what I guess you might have to extend to your to your workers in this case. Karina? Karina? Okay, let's see if uh, we can't reestablish our line there with uh, Karina. Karina, do we have you back? Okay. Seemingly not. Uh, let's take this quick breather and, uh, while we try and re-establish our connection with Karina. Uh, Karina Smith-Allen, uh, the Head of PR and Communications for Sub-Saharan Africa at Didi. Yeah, it's our tech conversations here on Metro FM Talk. I'm in conversation uh, with uh, DD's uh, head of PR and communications for the sub-Saharan African market, Karina Smith-Allen. Karina, just before we lost you there, um, I was saying you'd be familiar with some of the uh, uh, industrial relations issues that have been brought up by the ride hailing industry and how it's developed not just here in South Africa but abroad as well Uh, the uneven risk sharing the uh, implied obligations uh, you know the moment an employment relationship is established of this kind how are you approaching these issues that um, I guess would distinguish you from some of your counterparts as you make a foray into this market and uh, what is the relationship between you know some of the people who drive on your platform
1: yeah I'm, I'm happy for you to ask me that question I think, firstly, um, it is a reality, you know, that there are the labor relations challenges. But if you look at it um, globally, I think the companies who comply, you know, (laughs) don't get into trouble. So, from our side, we are doing our best to to form a trust relationship with our drivers, uh, to be open and honest. And... um, you know, so far, it's it's really been an exciting journey. So I think with regards to the industrial relations challenges in general, we have learned from, from the rest. And, um, yeah, I can't see us making that mistake. And hopefully we will just continue to try.
0: So the people who drive on your platform, do you see them as employees?
1: So we treat them as employees. Of course, they... Uh, they're not full-time employees because many of them have, you know, their own businesses going. They do it part-time. So it is an entrepreneurship opportunity where the focus Mm. is really on the driver to determine their own destiny
0: and income. Karina, a job, employment, and entrepreneurship uh, might seem synonymous, but they're not the same thing. So when, when you see them as an employee, there are certain obligations, I guess, on yourselves as D.D. So my question is, do you see them, one, as employees, you said, I guess, as part-time employees? Based on that, do you then, I guess, you know, provide some of the, um, you know, attendant obligations, be it in terms of, you know, uh, uh, leave or, or any of the other obligations that would be suited to sort of how you see them, which is as part-time employees? Yeah, no,
1: totally. And I mean, those relationships, we continue working on those, you know, and we continue working on the structure and the agreements. But, uh, of course, the law provides clear guidance, you know, to how we need to operate with our drivers.
0: So, so, Karina, let me make an example of what I mean. So, implied, I guess, in our legislation in some shape or form is that there should be some workplace dialogue around the determination of wages. So if an employment relationship exists, um, there should be some dialogue around that. Sometimes that dialogue happens in a bargaining council. Sometimes it happens at a plant level and there's bargaining there. In some cases, it's just dialogue between, you know, worker collectives in the workplace and you as an employer to arrive at wage determination that keeps up with rises in cost of living and just, you know, uh, the general notion of decent work. How do you deal with that in sort of the relationships that you are building, as you've as you've said? How so? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Yeah, sorry, please go ahead. Yes, yes, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I hear you clearly. Yes, yes,
0: yes. please go ahead. Sorry. Um.
1: How again, much do you charge per
0: kilometer? So you said you take eighteen percent. How how much would you charge per kilometer?
1: You know what. I don't have all those figures with me right now. Okay, but I'm I'm happy to actually <laughs> return. You
0: know, okay. so so let's maybe use. A- that's fine. That's fine, Karina. I guess you don't have to have all the information with you on hand. But let's say it's fifty. It's five rand a kilometer, just for for argument's sake. W- would that be yeah. determined unilaterally by yourselves as DD, um, and be I guess a basis on which somebody can come onto your platform? Or once they are with your platform, would they be allowed at some, at, at some later stage to have a discussion with yourself to say, look, this five rand a kilometer doesn't work. Can we raise that to, say, six rand fifty or five rand fifty a kilometer?
1: Yeah, totally. In different markets, we actually.
0: So, so are you suggesting to me that let's take your operations down in Cape Town and in Quebec, that it's not just a discretionary issue, but that you have an institutionalized framework? that allows those workers, it might be the Cape Town, you know, DD Drivers Guild or whatever, to have dialogue with yourselves in a binding way where you can come to some agreement around the determination of wages but also working conditions.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, we continuously invite our drivers to enter into those conversations and to also give us feedback because the best feedback that you can get is from the people using your platform—that's riders and drivers.
0: Mm, mm. Talk to me about your interactions, I guess, with um, you know the authorities. Um, you've gone into a sector where there's been a, quite a bit of contests around how the sector is regulated, the issue of permits, uh, challenges of saturation in the space. We spoke about competition. Uh, how have you navigated those? Yeah, I mean, Ah, Karina. Okay, we seem to have lost Karina there. Uh, we're going to take a brief break and uh, yeah unfortunately we'll have to continue with our discussions there. But what do you make of that? Um, yeah, I mean I'd love to uh, for that conversation to continue uh, with uh, Karina. a few yeah a few things I'm a bit concerned about just on the labor side of things. Uh, I'm not sure you know uh, part-time employment uh, is synonymous with uh, a self-employment or entrepreneurship, but uh, you might have a different view. Yeah, we seem to have Karina back on the line with us. Karina, yeah, it seems the gremlins are with us tonight. But uh, just as we wrap up, uh, some of your thoughts on the issue I was raising on permits. And let me maybe reframe that again. Uh, We know that there's a history, certainly from the incumbents, of contests around permits, the distribution of uh, permits, um, and I guess, you know, the uh, regulatory tasks that face uh, provincial transport authorities uh, and even at a local level in trying to regulate your activities. How have you navigated this?
1: Yeah, of course. We're trying to support our drivers.
0: What do you mean decisions were made before you launched in South Africa? I'm not sure I understand. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I
1: hear you now. Yes, I was asking,
0: when you say these were decisions that were made before you came into South Africa, which decisions are those? Uh, On the operator licensing. I see, I see. And and what feedback have you received from government just on on those operator licenses?
1: Yeah, so we are in the process of setting up a conversation with the new Minister of Transport. Um, and, uh, you know, as you would have seen, we had a conversation with Premier Alan Windy. Mm. So we, we are talking to government at the moment. And, uh, yeah, we will, see, we will see where that ends.
0: So, so the people driving for you at the moment don't have permits?
1: No, we, we actually um, support the drivers to obtain those.
0: They don't um, have permits. They don't have permits. No or no. Yes, they do have permits. I'm not sure.
1: No. So they need to have an operating license or proof of application for that operating license.
0: So the permits haven't been issued.
1: If the permit hasn't been issued, I mean that, that driver can't drive until we we've sorted out the issue.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Karina. Thank you very much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, all of the best as uh, you continue, I guess, to make a foray into this particular market. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: That there was Karina uh, uh, Smith-Allen, uh, Head of PR and Communications at uh, Didi and their Sub-Saharan African Operations. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Um a new player there to compete with uh, Opal, Opa and the other ones, Zero seven nine one nine one four two seven zero is our WhatsApp line, Zero seven nine we We'll continue after this.